recorded for us in the book of Jeremiah, but his words are actually the word of God or the message of God. It's striking that even in these early chapters, that all the verbs relate to the word of the Lord. You see, it's the word of the Lord that comes to Jeremiah in the days of Josiah, it comes to Jeremiah in, in the days of Manasseh again and again. In other words, this was the person of Jeremiah who is the focus of this book. Rather, it is the word of God that takes place in the mouth of this man. It's an extraordinary thing, isn't it, that God chooses. The, the God who created the universe, the God who created you and me, the God who oversees all things in this world, chooses to speak through the mouth of man. Now, of course, uh, there are real differences between Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet, and uh, you and me, the New Testament Christians. But it is nevertheless true that God gives us words to speak. <laughs> and when a preacher preaches a sermon, uh, you may be hearing the words of a fragile, a mean woman, a mean man. But if he is preaching the message of God from the preacher, from the scripture, then you are hearing the very word of God, the very message of God that you need to respond to. And so it's not the person delivering the word who is important, it's the fact that you are hearing from the living God and that you are to respond to him. It's often true, isn't it, that if we can be prone to being more impressed by the speaker than the Word of God, uh, Charles Spurgeon was a great preacher in the uh, 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 19th century, was often worried because uh, he noticed that whenever he went away on holiday, uh, church attendance at his uh, huge church would always drop dramatically. In other words, he knew that there were people who would come to church to see him simply because he was the John Piper of his day, the celebrity preacher of his day, rather than to listen to the word of God. It's so easy to love the big male preacher on YouTube and listen to him rather than recognize that you're a less gifted preacher on a Sunday is also preaching to you the word of God. So he did become kind of weak in a way because Philip Jensen is preaching, but not be interested in coming the following year because he got Jewish in preaching to the world. It's so easy to be more impressed by the wonderful speaking ability and illustrations of the person giving the sermon and simply do nothing about what you heard. Rather than go home, cut to the heart. Notice that the ministry of Jeremiah is in a particular historical context. I can see there in verse 2 that the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah through the reign of three specific kings Josiah, Jehoiakim, who was not a Korean, and Zedekiah. Now, if you actually 
notice for that matter, and he is the God who is sovereign over all the nations of the world and the sins of the world. What would be Jeremiah's message? We can see there that your message is structured as well as a message of Most of the verbs that you see there in verse 10 are about the structure of that. God's word will suck up, break down, it will destroy and overthrow. And yet, uh, the last few verbs are about rebuilding God's word, rebuild, and change. In other words, just as you knock down and rebuild that house, and it's rotten and beyond repair, God's word is going to knock down and reveal important people and indeed the nations. And you see Jeremiah's ministry, that you can see the people of God being knocked down to the ground. But you also see the great great hope of being convinced. Now, friends, what does all that mean for us? How do we about God and his plan to 
but we're now on the last stretch, and what we need next is God giving Jeremiah a great deal of reassurance. And Jeremiah is such a hard task, such a weighty responsibility to speak words of judgment as well as words of And so God gives Jeremiah reassurance in the form of three images that he gives to Jeremiah. And they are the image of a tree. You can see that Jeremiah is a vision of an almond tree. Have you ever seen an almond tree before? Vincent Van Gogh painted a very famous picture of an almond tree. It's the one, you know, the white blossoms and the blue background. And I've got a copy of it here in my living room. I can't see what it looks like. But the significance of the almond tree Thank you. 
Words of instruction as well as words of rebuilding. 